I was blind, now I'm seeing in color I was dead, now I'm living forever I had failed, but you were my redeemer I've been blessed beyond all measure Welcome to the Demand Excellence Podcast. Today is part three of a series I'm labeling what I've learned. I'm going into my 13th season at Eagles Landing Christian Academy, and I have learned a whole lot by failure, and God has really used my failures to show me and instruct me. I've learned a lot from coaches that I've talked with over the years, and I've talked about that in the previous two uh, podcast of what I've learned. But today I want to talk about the weight room and leadership development. So when I talk about weight room, your strength and speed development of your athletes, when I talk about leadership, just your overarching leadership philosophy and how you go about teaching and instructing uh, your kids in the way that they should go and the values that you want to instill in them and, and you want them to um, portray. Um, so when I talk about weight room and leadership development, the first thing I think about in leadership development is, are you developing as a leader and how are you developing as a leader? For me, you either get better or you get worse. And just because you've been a head coach at Eagles Landing Christian Academy for 13 years doesn't mean that you've become a better and better leader over 13 years. And I'm talking to myself, like, what am I doing to constantly grow as a leader? And I tell the high school kids all the time, make sure that your best years aren't your high school years. Make sure your most productive years aren't your high school years. And I think that's true for all of us. Make sure you're, make sure every year that you, that you grow older, that you grow wiser, and that you're a better leader. So how are you growing as a leader? What coaches are you talking with? Who are you studying? For me, I love, as you see what I'm doing with the podcast, talking to high school coaches, I love to talk to high school coaches. I love to talk to older high school coaches and learn from their mistakes and, and, and uh, pick from their wisdom. And then the Bible is my number one source of growing each and every day, getting in God's word. And to me, the God's word is so powerful. The Bible says, God says in his word that it's living and active and breathing it's, it's alive, and every time I open up my Bible and start reading, just a flood of thoughts and ideas come to my mind, and, and it's a, a lot of it's convicting things about myself, a lot of it's about God's Word, but even leadership training. So I'm going to go ahead and start with weight room and leadership development. I could spend seven days on it, but I'm just going to kind of go through some points and, and walk you through some things that I've learned and and hopefully, hopefully you find it valuable. Number one, the discipline of a champion. I have four things right here, and I kind of live by this code. Have a simple plan of execu execution in which you believe. So here's the deal. Your 365-year-long um, strength and speed development program, your leadership program, it needs to be simple, and you need to believe in it. It can't sit there and change every single year. You know, to them, then it's hoaxy and it's not genuine, and your kids aren't going to buy into it. It needs to be from your heart, and it you need to believe in it, and you need to write it out. So have a simple plan of execution in which you believe. Number two, commit to your plan with consistency. So have a plan and commit to it. Number three, 
execute your plan with intensity. Attack your plan every single day. Number four, persevere unto the end. Don't quit. Don't stop. Don't doubt yourself. Keep working. For me, my um, weight room development program, we call it One Step Faster, and I have a year-long written out program week by week throughout the whole entire year of what our kids are going to be doing, the lifts they're going to be doing, what we want to accomplish during each six-week period, uh, the weeks that they have off, and, and you know, you have to have weeks off, and we have lots of weeks off. If we lift six weeks, we take a week off. We lift six weeks, we take a week off. That doesn't mean they're not doing anything on their own. It just means I'm not in their grill about making them work out. It helps me because I need a break, and I think that they need a break from me, and we all get refreshed. We come back, and we're ready to go for another six weeks. So there is time built in for them to have time off, like at Christmas time. It's two weeks. Like, should y'all work out on your own? You should. Some do, some don't. But I'm not going to worry about it because I'm going to, in my plan, I account for having those two weeks off. I have a detailed leadership plan. It's, it's a book that I've written, and it's not published. It's for, it's for me. I might publish it eventually. There's a lot that goes into publishing a book, like finding an editor. But, um, but I call it Taking Ownership, A Plan to Win. And it's a detailed leadership development program all the way from demand excellence and our core values and demand excellence and then we have win the day and our core values and win the day and then one step faster our strength and speed development and our core values within that and then faster football and then our core values within that and then win this is the apex of team building the values that, that we want to see our team uh, exhibit and portray during football season and, um, and so I clearly have each one written out, how we want to teach it, when we want to teach it, what we're expecting from the kids. And then, um, so you got to have a plan. And if you don't have it written out, I don't see how you can follow it. So I challenge you to sit down and write it out and be detailed about it. And then I want you to think about this from your freshmen to your seniors, Bloom's Taxonomy of Cognitive Development. Okay, it's, it, you know, people say Bloom's taxonomy and they'll try to act like they're intelligent. I, I'm not acting like I'm intelligent, but of all the teacher classes I had, this was the most valuable thing that I've learned. So a lot of it was a waste of my time, but this was valuable. Um, and, and how you learn, you know, you're teaching knowledge and you're te teaching comprehension. So that just kind of like they recite it back to you. So, hey, I want you guys to be loyal. Here's what loyal is. And they kind of memorize what the definition of loyal is. But they, they, they haven't taken on that or taken ownership of that. So you're going to have to tell them what it is. You're going to have to model it what it is. And over time, you hope they take ownership of it. So you got to teach them the knowledge. They got You have to hope they comprehend the knowledge or help them comprehend the knowledge. Then you start to look, as they grow and they start to take ownership of it, you see application, you see analysis, you see synthesis, you see evaluation. So I expect a lot from my seniors. When I talk about summer workouts and I talk about I, kids can miss, 
I expect my seniors not to miss because they're an extension of the head coach at this point. And I need them there, and they need to make sacrifices to be there. This is part of leadership. When you're a freshman and a sophomore and even a junior, man, maybe you can miss a few days, and, and I don't expect you to be a leader, but a leader can't lead if he's not there. And I expect my seniors from the most talented senior to the least talented senior to take ownership of our process that they've been taught for four years and to make it fully theirs, to take ownership of it. And I'm going to talk more and more about that as we go. Some general thoughts on leadership. Number one, uh, the Bible verse, raise up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart. Just remember, when those ninth and 10th graders are yours, they're they are dumb. In fact, the word sophomore means dumb, fool. They're going to do stupid things. Just be patient with them. You are really, when you're doing weight room and leadership development with them, you are in the knowledge and comprehension phase with these young guys. They don't, they have not, they're not taking ownership of it. And so a lot of the weight room is you making them do it. Um, so, and then you want to start to see some growth application and all that. So as you teach it to them, raise up a child in the way he should go. When he is old, he will not depart. That's why modeling a certain behavior is critical because you're teaching them and you're modeling a behavior now. You, you over time, they'll take ownership of it. Our goal with leadership is tra to transform the hearts of young boys. Think about this Bible verse. It's a great Bible verse. It is 2 Samuel 23, 3 through 4. Who, when one rules justly over men, ruling in the fear of God, he dawns on them like morning light like the sun shining forth on a cloudless morning, like rain that makes grass sprout from the earth. Now think about this. When one rules in the fear of God, what, what he's saying is, what David is saying right here, King David, when you are a great leader, you will dawn on your men like the morning light. Now think about what, what dawn is. It's pitched back right before sunrise is the darkest part of the night. So it's pitch, pitch black dark, and you're looking over the horizon, and all of a sudden you start to see light, and over time more and more light, more and light. So what what that what the dawn does is it makes bright the darkness, and that's what the hearts and the souls of our eighth and ninth graders are, and and their and their minds. There it's dark. There's nothing there, and then we are able to dawn on them. To, to bring light, like, like the sun coming up in the morning. It takes the darkest part of the night, right before sunrise, and it gives it light. That's what we can be for our young men that we coach. Like the sun shining forth on a cloudless morning. I don't know if you've been to the beach before, but it, if you'll go to the beach and it's a cloudless morning at about 11 a.m., if you'll just look up and try to stare into the sun, it is so bright. And that's what we can be for the boys that we coach, this, this uh, beacon of light. And then the fourth thing it talks about is, or the third thing it talks about, like rain that makes grass sprout from the earth. I always think about in the summertime, you'll leave your house and maybe the grass is about four inches and you get this huge rain uh, during the afternoon, one of those afternoon thunderstorms. You come home. And it looks like the grass has grown four inches. And we can be like that rain 
for the young men that we coach if we're great leaders. Now, the Bible tells us ruling in the fear of the Lord makes us great leaders, but you know, David's point is if you're a great leader, you can have this impact on the young boys that you coach. And even even the coaches you coach with, you can impact them as well. And even the parents, right? I mean, there is no end to who you can have influence over. Um, so um, moving on to the next thing. Leadership. The Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, imitate me as I imitate Christ. And the reason why I say that is because I believe modeling is the number one source of leadership. I see so many coaches that say one thing and they do something else. They demand excellence in one area, but they don't demand excellence in another. Like, for example, and I, and I used this example yesterday, but if you demand excellence from your players on the football field and being disciplined and doing everything cor correctly and then you're playing trash music and allowing it to go on there's a conflict of interest there and you're modeling a poor behavior so you must make sure as a as a coach either a head coach or an assistant coach you are constantly modeling a behavior that you want your players to set what drives me absolutely insane is when I go to these coaching clinics and the coaches are getting together and they're getting drunk and they're going to strip clubs and like of what value are you to your players whatsoever? In fact, you're a detriment to your players. You're modeling a poor behavior and they're going to see it and they're going to do it. And the opportunity that God gave you to lead, you failed. And, and I definitely think that, that you'll, we'll all be judged for how we lead. Um, so think about that. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. So I want to be able to say to my players, imitate me, guys. Follow me. Do what I do. Think about this in leadership training. Do we actually get much out of formal sit-down leadership talks? I know that they're necessary, and I do them. But my point is, that's the only thing that you're doing in those sit-down formal leadership talk. The only thing that you're doing is the knowledge and comprehension. You're just teaching information. You're not doing anything. Okay, so we have to teach, and we got we have to get them to understand. But then we have to understand that all day long, every single day, is an opportunity to teach through application, through analysis, through synthesis, through evaluation. That's why I love the weight room. I think the weight room is the best classroom uh, in the school building because the kids are doing, it's like a lab. You know, in science class, they do labs so they can practically perform what they've learned. And they can see and test what they've learned. And that's the weight room. We're practically applying the things that we've learned. And I'm going to talk about that more later. Um, and so, but, it, but it's critical things right there. Um, you know, we can lead every single day. I love this Bible verse, Deuteronomy 11:19. This is God's command and how his law should be taught. He didn't say, just go to church on Sunday and teach my law and don't think about it anymore. He said this, you shall teach them to your children, talking of them when you are sitting in your house and when you are walking by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. What it's saying is every situation, every circumstance, 
every hour is an opportunity for us to teach and instruct our players in leadership. I think this is, this is some different ways that, that we at my school teach leadership. Number one, senior meetings. Every Thursday night I have senior meetings with my players. We get dinner, we have meetings, we talk. And, and it's really not a sit down, let me preach to you guys for 10 minutes. It's just a time to be together and talk. And every week you have uh, situations and circumstances that need to be discussed with the seniors. And I'm getting feedback from them. That's really not why I'm doing it. I'm just doing it as an opportunity to instruct them in how that they should go and how that they should handle situations and also constantly uh, set the vision and the tone and the core values and principles and character traits of our football program we talk about all the time. You can lead every day at practice. And when I think about this, here's a great example. Coach Kenny Dallas, he's the head coach at Trinity High School in Sharpsburg right now. He was uh, he, he was the head coach at the Landmark Christian for the longest time. He, he was my defensive coordinator for three for two years. And uh, you know, I love Kenny dearly, but I remember Kenny at practice. Uh, one of our core values from a football perspective is, well, the word is faster, but the F in faster means fanatical effort and fanatical eyes. Well, Kenny talks to his linebackers. He's sitting there talking to his linebackers about fanatical eyes. You have to watch the guard. If you, keep your, if you get your eyes off the guard, you're not going to know where the play is going, all this kind of stuff. He's just talking about fanatical eyes. He's like, and, and then he stopped right there. And he had his he had all the linebackers come to him for a one minute. He says, "Guys, when I'm talking about fanatical eyes, I'm also talking about fanatical eyes as a man." You know, and he and he talked about the lust of a man when he gets his eyes on a woman and he's not disciplined with his eyes. That right there is way better than a one hour fanatical eyes lust conversation. That one minute because you you practically made it all make sense through the game of football. That is such a master teaching skill that Kenny Dallas did. And we all can come up with those type of things, and we have to be ready. So you can do this during practice. Leadership training can be during practice, uh, before the game. Such a great opportunity to sit down, sit your players down and talk to them. This is probably the best time to sit your players down and have a lead, a formal leadership talk with them because on Fridays they're going to listen to you. Mondays they're probably not. During the summer we can, we can sit around and have leadership training skills or whatever that everybody does but they're probably not going to listen to you. But on Fridays they're all ears. So that's a great time before the game, after the game, make sure you talk to your players and and talk about uh, situations and circumstances and it's always a great time to teach taking ownership and perseverance and being humble and being steadfast, talking about those games, talking about those core values with your players. Uh, Monday mornings for us during the football season, we get together and uh, we watch film, but it's a great time to teach core values and leadership with our players. For great teachers, every day, every situation Every moment can be turned into a leadership meeting or opportunity or a, a time to learn. Okay, so <clears throat> now my plan to win. I'm going to get into the details a little bit. I'm not going to take too long, but kind of just run you through a few things. I believe the weight room is the best leadership development course for a high school boy. 
I think every high school boy should have to take the weight room, but I don't make the rules. I think that the weight room, the number one thing that a weight, the weight room does is it teaches mental toughness. And it provides you an opportunity to do the practical application of leadership and your core values. So um, when I talk about my leadership, and I'm gonna I'm gonna blend our leadership program and our weight room program together. So each year, January 1st, phase one begins when they come back to school. They have six weeks right there before they go on something called winter break at my school. So in phase one we are going to start working out like they've never worked out before and we're going to start our leadership training like they've never had the leadership training before obviously i want my seniors to start to they're juniors at the time but they're rising seniors start to own the process so in phase one how we do our workouts is for the first two weeks we do we work out Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. On Wednesday is something called the Crucible. The Crucible is when the entire team comes together at 5.58 on Wednesday mornings. It just works out best for uh, Wednesdays work out really well for us because there's no athletic activities in the afternoon. They come together, and we do basically mat drills. or So we do pro shuttle, L drill. 20-yard splits. This is winter, so we're doing it in the weight room. We do uh, agility drills, like a W drill, backpedal T-step, stuff like that, bag drills. And I want it to look as much like what they're going to see at the NFL Combine as possible because I want them to see that it is it is valuable for them. Hey, you might be in the NFL Combine one day, and, and you, you're going to have done all these things in the high school uh, in high school. So, but the, the, the big thing about our crucible is, is our entire team is coming together because I don't get them together at a private school. Some of you get your kids together all throughout the day or at one point during the day. Well, I don't. So I have five different weights classes plus one in the afternoon. So I have six different times that I could do weights, sometimes seven different times so I can get everybody. So all the kids don't see each other. So we come together on this, this Wednesday morning and we work together. And we push them and we challenge them. We're developing mental toughness. We're developing perseverance. We're, de we're developing perfect effort. We're developing hard work. We're developing no excuses. All these core values that I'm going to talk about in a minute. And, and we're talking about those things. And then at the end, I have 15 minutes where I can preach to them talking about certain things that I want to talk about. So, so in phase one, and I call it a battle rhythm, You know, every week is the same. So on Monday, they're going to come in. And it's, it's squat day. So the first two two weeks, they would have five sets of five. The, the second two, set of two weeks, they're five sets of three. And then the next two weeks at the end, it's five, four, three, two, one. That's the reps. So they get to max out, you know, those weeks. So on Monday, they'll come in. They'll do, we'll do dot drills. They're gonna, then they're going to do squats, five sets of five. And then we're going to do box jumps. You know, you know, they can go 20 inches, 26 inches, 30, whatever, you know, but they're going to just rapidly do as many as they possibly can in 10-second intervals, five sets of 10 seconds. And then I put, I put them through rounds. And this is kind of a CrossFit element, but they're not racing. That's the one thing I don't like about CrossFit. I don't like how they race and try to compete lifting weights because that's when you get bad form and that's when you get injured and all that kind of stuff. So 
we do rounds. So on Monday for our rounds after box jumps, we would do four rounds of, you got 10 pull-ups, you have 10 glute hams, <clears throat> and you have six hang cleans. And you have two and a half minutes to get all that done. The hang cleans don't have to be heavy. Some kids will go heavy. Some kids won't. I don't like it that heavy because it's they're they're doing it coupled with other things, so I don't want their form bad. On Tuesday, they come in and it's an upper body day, and so we're gonna do bench press. Uh, on Tuesday, we'll do bench press five sets of five, same the same same numbers, same reps, same volume, and then I, I will not make them do box jumps because they were gonna have the crucible Wednesday morning, and then. After, after they do bench, they have five rounds of um, t uh, 12 partner push-ups. And that's when you do a whole push-up and your friends do it in front of you and you clap each other's hand. And then they have 15 or uh, 15 to 20 kettlebell swings, just depending on where we are in the phase of our uh, workout. And then now they all they had two minutes of sit-ups on Monday, and then they have a minute and a half of sit uh, leg raises on Tuesday. Wednesday is the crucible. Thursday is our power clean day, so they would have five sets of five. If it was the sixth week, they would have five, four, three, two, one on power cleans. Then they have box jumps. Then they have four rounds of. Um, I'm, I don't I don't make them set up front squats, so they do goblet squats with a kettlebell. And then they do 10 pull-ups and five strict glutes where they use weight. And I really kind of watch their form on that. On Friday, they do bench press rep max. So 225 or 185, 155, whatever, wherever your kid is. And we keep track of it all year long, how, how the growth of the kid. And that's probably more effective than keeping track of their bench press max, one rep max. Then they do five rounds of five thrusters and 10 burpees, and that is just a bear of a workout. So when they do five rounds on, on Tuesday and Thursday, they have two minutes per round. And so when you look at my weightlifting program, there's a few things that have influenced me. Number one being bigger, faster, stronger. So read a lot about bigger, faster, stronger when I first started doing strength and speed development. I, I like the reps that they use. I, you know, there's a lot of things I don't like about bigger, faster, stronger, but I like the five sets of five, five sets of three, five, four, three, two, one. So kids are always getting to max out every fifth and sixth week. They know right where they are. I can gauge where they are. So I really like that. Then I started doing CrossFit, my, me personally, uh, 13 years ago and got really into it but about three years into it everything in my body started breaking um i played five years of college football four years of high school football played football since i was in the second grade and i never had the injuries that i had doing crossfit and so i like the volume of work of crossfit because i love the mental toughness of crossfit i don't like the injuries so I, I use the CrossFit concept, but we don't compete against each other. Like nobody's trying to get done before anybody else. It's just you have two and a half minutes, get it done. And if you think about it, six hang cleans, 10 pull-ups, 10 glutes, that's easy to get done in two and a half minutes. So, uh, but nobody is racing because that is the bad part of CrossFit. So that has influenced me uh, a great deal. And then... The box jumps, and the whole thing with the box jumps is 
you know, we want our kids to run track and we want to do speed development, stuff like that. But, you know, what, what, the, what value is strength without speed? I always tell the boys it's a play off the, uh, you know, the Bible says faith without works is dead. Well, I say uh, strength without speed is dead. You know, so we're always doing box jumps because I want my kids to understand we're not lifting weights to get stronger. We're lifting weights to become a more powerful athlete, to become faster. If you're strong and you're not athletic, it is of no value on the weight, uh, on the football field whatsoever. So in our one step faster development program, it is all about being one step faster. So we're constantly doing box jumps and, you know, um, all types of different things that you can do. When you have 25 kids in a weight room, it's just jump. You know, I, I tell the kids all the time, you know, how can a kangaroo jump so high? He jumps. He jumps all the time. So that, that's what we have to do. We have to jump. And so we're always jumping. So box jumps, I mean, we do squats, then we do box jumps. We do, uh, we do power cleans, then we do box jumps. And I want them to understand I'm squatting to get faster. I'm power cleaning to get faster. Um, and, you know, we always start off, and I always say this, we always start our workouts with dot drills and we always finish with either two minutes of sit-ups or a minute leg raises, uh, whatever. And that's kind of how um, phase phase one goes and then that's how phase two goes and that's then how phase three goes. And they're all six, these are all in school, six-week intervals. And phase three takes us all the way to the summer. The summer is the same stuff. I just have more speed and agility stuff coupled in and with it. And then during football season, you could really call football season phase five, it's the same stuff. It's the same workout. We don't stop working out. I don't change the program because football season here. These are high school kids, kids going through puberty. They can get strong, and I, I don't want them getting fatter during football season. And here's the deal. I've had kids go from squatting 250 pounds at the beginning of football season to squatting 300 to 325 pounds at the end of football season. Same thing with power cleans, same thing with bench press. So don't, don't neglect working your kids out in the weight room. So now, here is how, so our crucibles are critical during that whole off-season uh, workout program from January 1st all the way to spring practice. So I usually have 13 crucibles on Wednesday morning, and that is great leadership um, uh, uh, leadership training for us. So when we start off phase one, um, two things that I'm trying to get the kids to understand. In our win-the-day philosophy, we talk about win-the-day all the time, you have commitment, consistency, intensity, execution, and perseverance. So when we start in phase one, I'm talking with the kids about commitment and consistency and those two core values in our win the day philosophy. That's what I'm talking about with them in phase one. And that's what I'm trying to establish in that six week period. I need the kids to be committed and I need them to be consistent. And once I get them to understand commitment and consistency, I can, you know, I'm ready for phase two where I can start preaching to them intensity and execution. You know, a lot of times we, we as coaches, and, and we want to be, um, man, we, we want the, the execution to be perfect, but I think our biggest battle is to just get them in the weight room. <clears throat> and you want to have great execution, especially on power cleans and things like that, but 
you need to get the kids in the weight room. And if you bore them, they're not going to come back. So there's a fine balance right there. And, you know, you just have to watch the weight kids use if they have poor form. And as they're in there, you coach their form and their technique. But if, if you do the whole PVC pipe, like you can't lift a weight until you do the, the thing perfect on the PVC pipe, you'll lose 50% of the kids that will come to the weight room. They're not going to do PVC pipe for six weeks. So you got to let them start using weight and you got to coach them as they use the weight. And I know you might not agree with me for saying that, but bottom line is I need my kids in the weight room because that's where I do my leadership training. I can't teach them leadership if they're not in the weight room. So um, in phase three, I'm teaching perseverance because it's old. All right. They're, now you're into April and May. They're tired of working out. They're ready to move to spring practice. So we're, I'm constantly talking to them about let's keep working. Let's keep chopping is how we say it at my school. In phase four, that's the summer workout. We're starting to really talk about the team principles because now your kids that are playing football, they're the ones that are showing up. You're talking about your team principles, serve, love, unity, trust believe in each other you're talking about those things but i'm also hitting the key character traits each and every day during the summer that i also talked about during phase one phase two phase three but in our key character traits in um our uh program is under demand excellence is you have Take ownership, courageous, thankful, integrity, steadfast, respectful, humble, loyal, disciplined. These are words <clears throat> that I will talk about with my team fr from the beginning of phase one all the way throughout the whole entire year. And then you saw how our win the day philosophy, which, hey man, just win the day, get better every single day, commitment, consistency, intensity, execution, and perseverance. You I showed you how I would talk about those during phase one, phase two, phase three, phase four, and not just talk about them. Like, you know, when a kid's not working hard in the weight room, uh, April 25th, you start talking about persevere and keep chopping, man. I know you're tired of working out. I know it's boring. I know it's old, but keep doing it. You're going to get better. And so, um, you know, that, that those are that's the demand excellence. And we're talking about the win the day. And then you get the one step faster which you talk about all the time. It's what we talk about during the summer with them. No excuses, hard work, and perfect effort. But we talk about those things every single day. You know, they're written on our walls. And, and you know, if a, kid's not, if a kid is making an excuse, hey, man, go read the bolt. No excuses. Don't give us excuses. Kid's not working hard. Hey, man, hard work. It's what we do. And all toil there is profit. But mere talk leads to poverty. That's written on our wall. Uh, perfect effort. You know, I don't, I don't control whether I win or lose. I don't control how great I am, but I do control my effort and I can give great effort every single day. And, and that's something that, you know, you can, you can evaluate in the weight room. You can evaluate during the summer. So, um, <clears throat> so that's how we incorporate our weightlifting and our leadership development all year long. And even moving over into football season, that's, how we talk about it and, and, and develop it. So just kind of uh, summing up everything, my challenge to you is come up with a year-long plan from January 1st all the way until Christmas break on weightlifting development, speed and strength development. What are you going to do? How are you going to do it? And 
couple that with leadership development. What are the things that you want, the character traits, the values that you want your players to portray and to take ownership of? And those are the things that you have to teach and you need to come up with how you're going to teach it and when you're going to teach it. But thing is you have to believe in those because every single moment throughout the day is going to be a leadership opportunity for you and understand this I am modeling a behavior every single day I tell my kids all the time my attitude determines my effectiveness and that doesn't mean I'm gonna walk around smiling all the time I might not feel good one day but I'm gonna work my tail off my my work is gonna be my, my talking but my attitude determines my effectiveness. And everybody thinks your attitude has to be happy and joyful and all this kind of stuff. That's happy and joy are not the same word. Happy is a fake feeling that the world tells you that you need to have. Joy is a satisfaction in what you're doing and doing it to the best of your ability. You know, when it's 99 degrees outside and we're doing seven on seven, just working with our with our own guys during the summer, there is not happiness in that. But you know what? There is great joy in that once the work is done and you can look back on it and say, yeah, man, we won the day. Let's pray. Lord, we're coming for you today. I just want to praise and thank you for loving us. Praise and thank you, Lord, for... Um, your many blessings, Lord. I pray, Lord, uh, and thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for our sin. Uh, Lord, I just pray that as we strive to create great leaders and uh, strong, physically and mentally tough uh, football players, Lord, that we would look to you um, as our strength and, Lord, as our source of wisdom. I pray that we would shine um, on our, our boys like like the dawn, like uh, like, like David talked about, shine upon our boys um, and be a light for them and to help them reach their absolute and full potential, Lord. Lead and guide us and teach us and instruct us in the way that we should go and counsel us with your eye upon us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. I was blind, now I'm seeing in color I was dead, now I'm living forever I had failed, but you were my redeemer I've been blessed beyond all measure I was lost, now I'm found by the Father I've been changed from a ruin to I've been given a hope and a future I've been blessed beyond all measure I am counting every blessing Counting every blessing Letting go and trusting when I cannot see I am counting every blessing Counting every blessing
Oh! 